Welcome to the Bag Mentality. On this podcast, we break down the box of the American dream and redefine success for a new generation. Interviewing the movers and shakers, the entrepreneurs, the creators, anyone out there making something happen in the world, let's get it. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Bag Mentality. Today, I have Katie Wallace here with me. Uh, Katie, the first question I like to ask my guests uh, is, how do you define yourself? Because I think uh, a lot of just to preface this question, since uh, we're building this this podcast, not a lot of people understand um, kind of the structure yet. A lot of times people uh, are defined by uh, a job title they're defined, which is okay. They're defined by something that someone else says about them. They're defined by a number of different things, but I, I want to give my guests the opportunity to define themselves before I uh, put words in, over their heads or in their mouths. So. I actually really like that question. How do you define yourself? Not that I'm prepared for it whatsoever, but um, All right. <laughs> I think I, I define myself as I'm just the person who is trying to enjoy life and to help other people enjoy life and to ensure that we can continue to enjoy life here on earth. That's uh, definitely very worthy, uh, worthy mission and, and ethos, I would say. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you are the founder of Hux Sustainables, correct? And you, I, I know you're really big on LinkedIn and a lot of people listening probably have seen you on LinkedIn. Um, but um, I want to kind of delve in into that and then some of your other stories here. Um, but tell me a little bit about Hux and about sustainability and kind of where, where you are trying to take that here and what's the mission behind that? Yeah, so Hux is currently we do consulting. We work with impact driven companies on a multitude of different things. We implement different green solutions, sustainable initiatives, things like that. But we also we started doing a lot of digital marketing for for um, for impact driven companies. But every company that we work with has to have like a very strong like either social mission or environmental mission, or it's built into the core of the company or what they're doing, or it greatly helps people. So anything that um, we can do to help elevate these companies that already have the existing infrastructure to tackle some of the world's most eminent problems. We do that, whether it's, you know, business development, like it's, it's so very vague, but we do a lot basically. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you said you say on, on LinkedIn, something along the lines of a creative agency and a sustainability company had a baby. It'd be hugs. That's, yes. That's exactly nice right. There. That's awesome. I should have just awesome. said that. I don't know why I didn't go with that. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so sustainability is, you know, kind of a sustainability and kind of the environment. And there's a lot of conversations going on right now around that. A lot of different kind of circles who have different opinions and different perspectives. Um, tell me about the importance of perspective in. Uh, what you're trying to do and in understanding what sustainability really is as a movement? Oh, man, that's a really awesome question. The perspective, I think the biggest thing is I sustainability, people talk about like, what do you mean sustainability? Do you mean like in this sense or this sense or this sense? And I think a lot of people are failing to realize that it's all the same thing. That in order for us to actually have a sustainable society, uh, we like 
each element must be sustainable and resilient. Um, because I think it's kind of that term has become very played out and people are starting, like they just use it for anything, which technically you can, uh, but it kind of waters down what I'm trying to talk about. So I need to find a better word for sustainability. Somebody told me resiliency was a better word, but mm. I think that's, we have to look at it holistically and stop treating it like all these different pieces. And that if we make these this piece sustainable, that we will have a whole system that's sustainable. It's a holistic thing. I think whole, a holistic perspective in general, not just for sustainability, um, is so important and something that we often miss here, especially in America, in the West, is we, we want to boil everything down into a cookie cutter solution that we can brand and make a product around. And that's just not the way life works in reality. Um, and I, you know, for sustainability as a word, there's a lot of buzzwords like that that have a lot of meaning behind them. But, you know, for myself, like I've used the word biohacking to describe some of the stuff that I'm doing, but it really doesn't encapsulate kind of the holistic perspective of health that I'm trying to push. So, you know, using words and then creating your own connotations is, yeah, it's hard, but it's, it's you know, the, the words mean something in and of themselves too. Yeah, um, that's such yeah. a good point though, too, about like everything is holistic. Cause I think a lot in our society, it's very, like tell somebody who's really stressed out and who's like still in this old paradigm or old way of thinking that, oh, have you tried meditating? They will bite your head off because they're like, oh, meditating. No, I need like medication or I need like this or I need this before they ever look at things like their diet, right. their exercise, like how are you taking care of yourself? So yeah, you're, you're spot on with that. Yeah, agreed. And I think you get into this value tunnel where you think that this is the way things are supposed to be. And this is like the order of, you know, how I solve this problem and how I look at this. And like, unless you're able to step out of that uh, paradigm, it's really hard to take a new perspective. Um, and I know you're, you're Filipino, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and you've you've done some traveling and tell me a little bit, how has traveling, um, returning to your home country and, and traveling outside of the U.S., um, how has that impacted your perspective on the world and, and really your mission? Traveling has been huge for me for so many different reasons. And I think one of the biggest things, well, I mean, just even so going back to the Philippines or going to the Philippines and getting to see the hut that my mom was born in and um, getting to meet all of my relatives who still live there and just seeing how they live. And there's immense poverty there. And it's totally different than what we, we kind of live in a bubble here in the U.S. And so if you didn't travel or if you didn't I think it's it's one thing to see it on the internet and it's one thing to to hear about it but it's a, totally different to actually be there and to understand that um it's not like this like they're so happy in the philippines like everyone there they're the kindest people they will give you everything that they possibly have um even though it would leave them with nothing um and and so from from a perspective sitting here in our you know castles in the us you would think like oh those poor people they must be so miserable and this and that and so i think it really hit home for me and i really wanted to find a way to number one help people get access to opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have but to also bring that same mentality of needing like not being so reliant on things and um, being so separate and come back together. So bringing that mentality back to the States with me. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, part of my experience, and one an experience I had was I've spent I spent some time in Guatemala um, several years ago, and I remember distinctly like one family that I I visited or I had met. Um, they literally had like they, it was two older grandparents and and one of their kids and her her um, her kids. And the one of them was like couldn't walk, and one of them was blind. The the older ones that they were they were taking being taken care of, um, and they were just like in the most poverty that I've ever seen. Um, but they still had like this sense of like joy and trust, and and they they had faith and in the you know the they were Christians, but they um, they had this sense of like you know, life has purpose, life has meaning, and they were fighting for something. And I, I feel like a lot of people here that have a lot don't have that sense of purpose or, or meaning to their lives, even though they have so much opportunity to use like what they have for good. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, like travel, especially to places like kind of like you're talking about Guatemala and places that you're able to see stuff like that. Like there's something about it that strips society off of you because you you're used to playing in this realm and then you go to a different place where there's no rules and you just get to remember who you are and so there's something very freeing and very liberating about that and it reminds you of like how much you actually need to be happy and how you know you come back to this life of excess and you're just like I don't want it anymore like I don't want this because it's like it's not feel it's not filling me you know so i think yeah. that's another big thing about travel is just rem it rem especially solo travel it reminds you who exactly who you are and what you're capable of yeah and i think on that point as well that doing the work to kind of figure out who you are and dealing with some of your issues helps you move from a place of being someone who's hurt and trying to fill holes in themselves to actually being able to to give uh and I know that you've uh, you've gone through some difficult experiences in your life. Um, so tell us about tell us about uh, some of the early experiences and, and some of your struggles with mental health and and with drugs and alcohol that kind of led you to become the person you are today, uh, and how that impacted your perspective on on people. Yeah, I so pretty much as long as I can remember, I've dealt I've had some sort of mental health issues that I, but I didn't at the time when I was going through it and dealing with depression and, and things like that, I, I didn't know what it was. And so I just thought something was wrong with me and that I just needed to. And so that led me to this place of using people, places and things to try to make myself feel better and try to just, I don't know, just to find some semblance of happiness. And, and that led me down a very dark path, um, started to dabble in with drugs and alcohol, and then very quickly became an everyday user of both, um, so, both substances, whatever I could get my hands on. And then that led me down an even darker path of um, when, it, when in your life was was this? Um, so I was probably, but it got really dark, probably starting when I was like 15, 
probably. And um, that's when I was every day drinking and using drugs, which sounds really crazy now. But um, I had like, you know, a really crazy journey in that like four years. It's honestly the most miserable time of my life. Um, And I ended up getting sober because I almost went to prison. And it's not like a cute like, oh, I could have gone to prison because of this. It was like, no, my lawyer sitting here to my face telling me that I'm going to have to do, at least do two years in a in prison. And and that was a weird moment for me because I'm 19 years old and I was like, wow, I just destroyed my life. And, um, and I just, there was no running from it anymore. And I, I don't know, I, I guess I won't really get into the gory details, but it was awesome because I ended up being able to go to this program, which a lot of people said was way worse than actually just going to prison. I very much beg to differ because it gave me the opportunity to face myself and to face the things that I had been running from for so long and just shoving down. And I finally got help, the help that I needed. And I was able to talk about mental health and I was able to talk about all of these different things. And, um, Yeah, it was just a really humbling experience. But I think that kind of that set me out on that journey of when when you go from using drugs and alcohol and that's your solution and then you have that taken away and it's looming over your head that if you use again, you'll go to prison. Like that's a pretty good like I was like, cool, I'm definitely not going to do that. Even if it's for this amount of time, I won't do it. Um, but it forced me to find another solution and it just happened to be a way healthier solution of, you know, personal growth and development and, and trying all of these different things and helping other people. So, yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, when you, when you got arrested and when you were facing prison, that that was freeing. Why, why would you say that that was freeing? Um, because I had wanted to die multiple times and I had like actually set out to make that happen a couple times. And I finally, I like, I had already, I had given up. I was just like, whatever, like something's going to happen. Hopefully I can just like take a mixture of, of these drugs and maybe I'll die and I just won't wake up and I'll just go in my sleep, you know, just cause I was like scared to do it myself. And it was it was freeing because I didn't have to run anymore. And I felt like maybe I would be able to find this place of happiness that people talk about, or I would be able to lead a normal life or I don't know, like it just kind of, it gave me hope for the first time because I had been running for so long that I just forgot what I was running from. And, and this like stopped me in my tracks, you know, and it was like, no, you're going to face it no matter what. And so I, I think, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I resonate with that. And I, I think that's really that understanding that is really important for a lot of people listening to this who may be going through something like that, um, you know, dealing with depression, dealing with abusing something. And, you know, we abuse so many different, it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. There's so many things that we use to you know, egoically distract ourselves from dealing with what's underneath. But like, for myself, and I haven't really talked about this a ton on this podcast yet, but I went through not the same not the same experience as you, but I, I went through the the depression side of it pretty hard um, when I was 18. And um, I hit a point where I was like, okay, I'm either going to, I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to keep living. And I decided to keep living. Um, and that 
hitting that bottom and then realizing that, okay, like you made a, you made a decision now. Um, and it strips away all of this, like until you get to that point, I think there's a lot of shame and there's not that everyone has to get to that point. I hope they don't, but there's a lot of shame that you live with. And there's a lot of all like you're, you don't fit into your social circles. Like, why aren't you happy? Why aren't you this and that? But then once you break yourself down to that point where you're like, okay, None of that really matters because underneath, I know that like the stoic concept of memento mori, like this life that I have is now a gift because I chose it. Um, it's so freeing and it takes you out of a lot of the bullshit that uh, a lot of people can get caught up in. Um, and then you can start to kind of build yourself back up and it's still difficult, definitely. Um, but also just being able to talk about it and be honest about where you're at is so freeing. Yeah, it's cool that we... You know, because when I was going through it, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. And I, I had tried actually when I was like at my absolute lowest, when I was just beaten down, I had like run everyone out of, I was, this was right before I actually um, got arrested. I like, cause everyone had like left my life because I had screwed them over or my family was done with me, but I called my mom and I was like, um, hey, I'm re I, I'm I'm really miserable, and I think about dying probably every second of my life. And I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't stop using drugs and alcohol. This and this and this. And it was like this. The first this was like the first time I had ever been honest with anyone or even tried to share anything about what was going on. And she didn't know what to do with that. She like literally said, "Well, I don't want to." She just she would she did the best that she could. Uh, I won't tell you exactly what she said, but it was horrible advice. And I was like, cool. And it basically gave me free reign to just go and continue to do what I was doing because it was like, cool. I told my mom and I don't know who else to tell beyond that. Like, who's going to help me, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's cool that we live in a world now where slowly but surely we can actually talk about these things. And then you tell someone that like, hey, I'm going through this. And they're like, holy shit. You know, like I've been there too. Like that's that's exactly me. And um, I'm glad that we have, like, it's it's not becoming as taboo as it was before. And there's more information and people know that they're not alone and how they feel. Because when you're going through that, you you feel like you're the only person and you feel like it doesn't matter and that you're just a blip on the radar, you know? Yeah, no, totally, totally. It, it, the isolation of that and not even, I mean, even the like the reason, part of the reason why I started Bag Mentality, this company, um, is because in the entrepreneurial community and in that space, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people that come from places of suffering and come from being different and wanting to do something with that and not really fitting into kind of a normative. Uh, I mean, there's no normal. There's just kind of, you know, this, these perceptions we think of, of that are, are we create this normal like stereotype in our mind. I don't think anyone's normal. I think that's just, it's all relative. Um, but like a lot of entrepreneurs go through that struggle of being really isolated um, and in dealing with mental health too, I think it is really an issue in the entrepreneur community. Um, tell, so you obviously were able to take, some of this, you know, the dark places that you're in and turn it into something really beautiful with, you know, what you're creating now and, and the life that you're living. Um, what would you say as like a, either a mindset shift or like how, how did you, what, what are some of things you would say to someone who's trying to take some of these, 
you know, more difficult experiences, taking the suffering that they've gone through and turn it into something good, something impactful, something beautiful. How would, what would you, advice would you give to that person? Oh gosh. Well, I think, I think it takes a lot of work on yourself. Like even once you realize that you want to use your experience to help others, you should probably keep working on yourself. So like when I first got sober, like kind of the whole deal when that was like, you have to start helping other people and it becomes about you focusing on them. And like, you can use your experience to share with them and to connect with them in a way that nobody else can, because you've, you have this common experience and it's the same thing in life, like period, you can use your experience to help others who are suffering. Um, but I just think that's something you just have to be really equipped for because it's a lot. So I would say, like, continue to work on yourself just because you've gone through this experience. Like, it doesn't, like, oh, man, this sounds like, like a downer. Maybe I'll just stop. But just keep working on yourself is, is all that I'll say. Because it's a lot, especially, especially, if you've got, especially if you're dealing with mental health, especially with drug abuse and things like that. Um, like, these things don't just go away. Like, I didn't just magically get rid of depression when I started working on myself. Like it's still a very real struggle to like today. It, it's, it's something that you have to work on. So like, don't forget to take care of yourself while you're helping other people. I think that's, that's a huge thing. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I kind of think I know where you were going with that, but I think that validating the fact that it's okay to still like one of the things I've struggled with, um, since going through kind of some of the mental health things I went through and dealing with some of that and kind of becoming the person I am today and still obviously, you know, it's a journey, it's not a destination, but um, is like, oh, I'm self-aware now, I understand it, but I'm still dealing with it. I think that's that's one of the, the hardest parts of like hitting the bottom and then starting to come up and then realizing, okay, I still, I still slip and fall. And I still, I still deal with some, like I still have really bad days and like, a lot of people feel it can be so disheartening to go through that and be like, okay, I'm good now. I've found joy. I found like some purpose and then still have to deal with like, you know, the hard stuff, like deal with the shit that you don't want to deal with. Um, but I think being validated in the fact that it's normal to deal with, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with and other people are dealing with it too, regardless of if you're self-aware of it, it's not like, once you once you realize like oh this is the source of some of my issues or you know like here's a better way to channel my energy it's not like it's just fixed like that it's not uh you you still have you still have to do the self-work but being like radically accepting yourself in the process i think is so powerful yeah like don't become the guru like once you <laughs> once you you know have like come toe to toe with your demons like it doesn't stop. It's always going to be an evolution and there's always going to be like more things that you're uncovering. And like, no matter how spiritual you think you are, or how much you've grown, there's always more room to grow. And I think, I don't know, you just, I just see people sometimes who forget that. And I think that's really important, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to mental health and, and other things. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got into sustainability and how you became passionate about, about that, um, about environmental sustainability. Like some of the, what are some of the things that you're really passionate about and, and want to get out into the world? 
I think it's been just a random progression of things. I mean, I've always been interested in the outdoors and just being outside just and having some sort of connection to it. And, and that was really the place that I first found peace whenever I stopped using drugs and alcohol was just by going for a hike and just be by myself. And, and I know it helped me a lot. And so then I started to dive deeper into that. And then I started finding out about um, permaculture and, and working with the land and just all sorts of different things. And it led me to sustainability. And um, I think, man, I don't even know where I was going with that, but that's kind of where, where it happened. And so um, basically a couple things happened um, when, <laughs> so, okay. So my grandmother passed away in 2015 and that was a really big eye opener for not an eye opener, but it was just a reminder of like, Hey, your, your time's going to come too. And it made me really look at my life and look at the life that I was living. And it was a selfish life um, in the sense that I wasn't living for myself, but I was living for everyone else around me, if that makes sense. Like I was being, mm -hmm. everyone else needed me to be um, because I like, because I thought that's what I needed to be doing. And so when she passed away and, and I really looked at my life and how miserable I was and, and, even just my self-talk, like my self-talk was horrible. I was like, you're a piece of shit. Like every, you're not a good mom. You're not a good wife. You're not a good this. You're not a good that. And like from that day, I just decided that I wasn't going to talk to myself that way anymore. And so I still have this run, running mantra that I repeat to myself. And I started repeating it to myself over and over. And it's sort of like, I'm a powerful, radiant, magnificent being of light. I'm enough. Everything that I do is enough. And it's longer than that. But I would run through that daily because that's the only thing I could say that would block out the negativity that I wanted to constantly spew. And so that started me down this journey of, of looking at how much I really needed to be happy and to cutting out the things that maybe like that were negative. And, and then, so basically that progression led me to sustainability essentially. Mm, I want to pull something out of there um, because I think it's really profound. You said that, essentially you were, you were being someone being all these things for someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's so common and people don't figure that out for, well, sometimes for their entire lives. Um, that like for myself, um, I, I've said this before, but, um, like I definitely spent a lot of my life being someone for someone else and being miserable doing it. I, and I think, you know, that sounds like you had a similar experience, but I think, that's so common because that's what we're taught to do, right? That's kind of what we're conditioned to be, whether it's through traditional education, through peers, through family, even well-meaning people, not because they're trying to control us or anything inherently like consciously, but that's just, you know, everyone wants to belong. Everyone wants to fit into a, into a community of some sort. And that's just a human thing. And to do that, we often think we have to be someone for someone else be something for someone else to fit in and to be loved. And, and that's really coming to a place of worthiness uh, with who you are first and then finding and then really connecting with others, I think is probably a better way to go about it. But that's not really what we teach. How would you you're big on community? Um, how do you use community to fight for sustainability and to, to help people and to build your business? And how, is, how does community really fit into uh, what you do? Community is really everything. And I, I would say 
I started out like I wasn't trying to build community. I mean, I did. I wanted more weirdos in my life just because, you know, once I went through that whole like finding myself and like just living a life like that I wanted to live, like that's when I realized like I love the outdoors. I love taking care of people like or not taking care of people, but I love helping people move from a place of suffering to being able to actually live and and then basic needs like you have to meet your basic needs to be able to start enjoying life and so there wasn't a lot of people around me that I could have the conversations that I wanted to have like the stimulating conversations around just anything esoteric or anything around just building a better like world and so I just started to kind of like put my beacon out there, like my weirdo beacon, trying to like call people to me that I could actually just have this like, just like-minded people and just connecting. And now um, and now I just do it. I mean, of course, like I get business from it and everything, but I just really enjoy that aspect of, of connecting with people and, and just remembering that like I was in that place where I wanted people around me that I could talk to that like we were on the same wavelength and I didn't have them and I felt really alone. And so now I kind of like do it as a way to, you know, if, 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 if there's other people like me, um, it's a way that they can find me, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing and just making sure that people don't feel like they're alone in the world, you know? Cause I think that's all kind of what we're trying to get to, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I love that. I think a lot of the problems um, in our society come from an, a dissonance between who we are being in the world and who we actually want to be. And if we can find communities that allow us to kind of break that dissonance and not be like a different person in work and a different person over here and uh, really be authentic and explore that. And that would solve a lot of the, you know, other outlets that we're trying to use to cover up that lack of authenticity that we feel and kind of that disconnect between, I think there's a disconnect between humans and the environment too in, in our yeah. modern world too. That's such a good point too about just like giving people the, like by you being your authentic self, whoever the hell that may be, you're giving other people the power to do it too. Like granted, you're going to get a lot of crap for it, but you're going to free a lot of other people because they're going to see like, holy crap, this person, they're themselves. Like I want to be like that and somebody else is doing it. So maybe I can do it too. So I mm. love that. Agreed. Agreed. So just for someone who is not familiar with, um, you know, some of the things that they could be doing um, that would be impactful to the environment and to the community that they live in and support. Um, what are like three or four things that, you know, anyone could do to start being more sustainable, um, being more environmentally friendly and kind of making some strides there? Okay, top, let's see, I'll give you four, maybe. My, so my first tip is always to start with yourself and start with how you're living as far as with your mindset and um, how you're treating yourself and how you're treating other people around you. And I always like recommend meditation and introspection um, because the more that you can be mindful about how you're treating yourself and others, then the more that translates out here and it starts to be this natural progression of you wanting to help build a more sustainable society. Um, so I think that would be the number one. It's kind of, you know, like woo woo, but um, I really think that's number, that's key. Um, second, your diet, your diet's very crucial. Uh, I eat a plant-based diet specifically just because of sustainability reasons. I mean, like I'm all for like animals and things like that, but sustainability is number one to me. So uh, your diet, you don't necessarily have to be vegan, but it is like 
scientists agree that it is the number one way for you to reduce your, to significantly reduce your impact. So your diet. So if you can't be vegan, at least eat like a few plant-based meals a week and you will significantly reduce your impact. Um, getting involved. Actually, that's a good one, but voting with your dollars. And what I mean with that is look at the companies that you're choosing to support with your dollars and make sure that they are doing right by us and doing right by the environment. Yeah, that's a big one. And okay, I'll say this one, getting, invo getting involved with local politics and just, and even voting, like making sure that the candidates that you're voting for have a solid like social environmental plan or whatever it may be. But I think those are the ways that you can have the biggest impact. Um, you know, granted corporations and things like that carry a much larger impact than say individuals. And I feel like they should be making more significant changes, but you got to do what you can with what you can. So there you go. I think those would be the top ones. Awesome. Yeah, no, do what you can with what you have with where you're at, I think is, is kind of a mantra of mine. Uh, yeah. I think people get, get hung up because it's like, oh, I can't go and um, change the way this billion dollar corporation is, is operating. But, you know, you can't beat yourself up for not having that power. And also, like, tell us a little bit about your relationship to like money and business. And like, because I think, a lot of people that want to go change the world have a bad relationship with it. And, but really like I tell people who are like, Oh, I want to go do this. And I want to go like, you hey, have this impact. And I'm, I'm like, you realize how much impact you could have with uh, $50 million um, because that's just the way power works in our society. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's amoral, but. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yes, you need money to make an impact. Cause I started out probably in 2015, very foolishly thinking that like, I could just go be this hippie and really have the impact that I wanted to have. Um, but obviously if I'm going to be talking about sustainability, then I need to have a sustainable cash flow to be able to continue to address these problems. Right. And so business is one of the most powerful tools that we have to affect change. And I, I meet a lot of people who have the same mindset as I did was like, shunning money and i hate money because like money is like doing all these evil things and like this and it's like no money is like literally it's paper it's nothing it doesn't it's not good or bad well really nothing's good or bad um but it's interesting that by shunning money you're pushing money away from you as well so i think a lot of like people who want to start companies because this was my problem right i would look at people who had like whatever ridiculous car and I would think, God, they're so showy, so flashy. We get it. You have money. And just had this really negative connotation about it. And by that, I was pushing money away from me. Because why would I want to call something to myself that I hate, that I don't like, that I despise, that I think is this horrible thing, right? Like, I don't, I wouldn't. And so I had to really change my mindset around that. And I think, yes, you can do so much more with money. And it's more so... I'm finding business is just a game as I'm trying to grow mm -hmm. and, of, and scale, like, and have a viable company, a viable, scalable company. It's literally just a game and it's a long game. And if you can stay in the game long enough, you're going to win, but you just have to stay long in the game a long time, right? You don't know it's going to be 10, you don't know it's going to be 20 years, whatever it is, but you just have to make sure that the work that you're doing, that you absolutely love it. And will you will you work for free for two to five years to, to, to be able to have the impact that you're wanting to have, you know? 
I think we get really, really caught up in that. But I think if you're doing what you love, the money is going to follow. You just don't know when and you don't know where and you don't know what your business is going to evolve to because it's going to evolve a million different ways um, from the time that you start it. So it's a long game. I think that's the biggest thing I would say. Like, don't hate money because you're going to push it away from you. And remember that you're playing the long game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I think you said in another interview, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but you said um, that you had this urge to start the, the business that you were starting and it wasn't, you weren't like a business person who went to go find a business. You you knew you had to start it and then you had to figure out the business. And I, is that is that accurate? Oh, totally. Well, so here's what happened. I, so I was in school to I was trying to get my bachelor's in biology and some other things just because that's what everybody told me that's what I needed to be doing and there was this one day that I was standing in the lab and there was this poster it was like here's all the all the jobs you can have with a biology degree and there was like hundreds maybe even thousands of jobs listed and the only one that resonated a little bit was a park ranger which I would still go be a park ranger. Like I think about it sometimes, like just running off and just going and being a park ranger. Um, and so shortly after I withdrew from school and I, that was it for me. And I knew I didn't want to stay in the job that I was working at. And I, I, there was not a job that I wanted. And so I was like, I'm just going to have to build one myself or build a company myself so I can do something that will have the impact that I want. Um, but that I can also live the life that I want. And I didn't have any experience whatsoever. And so I just started reaching out to people and trying different things and failing a lot. Like that's that's kind of like it started, like I said, in 2015. And so I just have been fumbling along ever since. I think I'm getting a little bit better <laughs> at it now. You know, I can make a dollar every now and then. So that's good. But yeah. Definitely good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good love. Yeah. No, um, I think it's really important for people out there who you know, maybe listening to this, um, who have some sort of why, some sort of passion, um, but don't have no idea what they're doing, um, to realize that, you know, most people who, not most, but a lot of people who started businesses that are big now had no idea what they were doing too. And, you know, if you have, that if you have uh, if you have something powerful and you have passion and even like obsession about some topic or something that you want to do or, or want to have impact in some area, uh, people want to help you. In my experience, so. and you learn by doing. You don't like you're you you can learn a little bit by studying like theory and looking and like oh this is how it would work if I was actually out there doing it. But you learn a lot quicker when you just like dive into it. And you might, you're probably going to look really dumb, but you just have to put that by the wayside. Like if you're wanting to build a business, you're just going to have to be okay with looking dumb and, and not having all the answers all the time. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I think that's part of it is just conditioning yourself to be okay with, um, with failure and with, with people um, having negative opinions of you. Or, I mean, a lot of that is perceptual though. I think we, we think we, you know, we have this perception of ourselves that we're like the center of the, even if we don't think about it this way, we are like the center of our universe kind of. So until we break out of that. And so we think that everything we put out is like, 
oh, everyone's just scrutinizing it and judging it and, and everyone remembers all of the bad stuff and like that piece of content we made five years ago that like, oh that sucked. Like I, I have videos I made. Like I just I know you're big on LinkedIn and I, I started making videos on LinkedIn like seven months ago. And there's some videos that I look back on and I'm like cringing. But like in all honesty, no one probably cares or remembers. Yeah, no one gives a shit about you because they're all so worried about themselves. Like that. Yeah. That's sorry. That's what I don't mean that like to you. I just mean like that's what I have to remind myself is that nobody's taking the time to pick apart how many ums and likes you said. Like you said, just because they're too worried about themselves. So, like, just don't worry about it and just go do. You know. Yeah. How did you? And how when you? You know, you have to go give the whole story. But when you started getting, you know, creating on LinkedIn, uh, was that strategic or was that an accident? That was an accident for sure. For sure. You know, something funny, I can probably talk about this to you. Um, because a lot of other people probably wouldn't get it, but I kept, so I was connected to one of my friends, his name's Tim Salou. And he was the only person I was connected to that was actually consistently putting out content. And I started seeing it on LinkedIn because I was using it for one of my, uh, the corporate job that I was at. And I was like, what is this? This is so awesome. This is so relatable. I want to do this. Um, but I was kind of too scared to. And then I started seeing like video launched and came out. So then I started seeing videos and there was this, what was it? Oh, crap. I can't remember, but someone launched a campaign and it was like, just something about like, Oh, let's get honest. Yes. That's what it was. That was my first video was like the original let's get honest campaign. And so I was seeing those and I kept having this very intuitive feeling that I needed to put one out. And I was like, this is so stupid. Three weeks of like thinking that I need to put out a video, like it's just dumb. So I'm just going to do it, you know? And so I did. And then everything else, like it just, I just kept doing it and then have been trying to figure it out along the way. So yeah shout out whatever and in weird intuitive universal thing that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like when I, when I made my first few videos, um, I thought about them for so long and just like agonized over them. And now it's like, you know, it's just, uh, you, you look at the camera and you talk and it's like talking to someone. And it's, I think it's the same thing for a lot of like public speaking, entrepreneurship, um, you know, in anything that, is naturally people are afraid of because it involves putting yourself out there and, and owning something that like, Oh, this is me. And if it sucks and people think it's a failure, that means I'm a failure, which is, isn't the case. But, um, that's, I think that's the case for a lot of these things that we, um, have this, some stigma around culturally have a lot of fear, um, associated with is that really is just about doing it and getting comfortable with it and figuring it out. Yeah, like that fear doesn't go away. Like I still don't enjoy putting myself out there all the time. I still have these automatic thoughts or like, what if no one likes this? What if, what if this? But then now it's just, I've done it so many times. Even even now with this big, with a big audience and everything? Oh yeah, it's still like, do I want to do this? Like how, how much do I want to let people in? Because there's a very fine line of, of how much- Oversharing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so- yeah, there's just always this, yeah, it's like, it's like an automatic thought to where it used to bug me for days and days. Now it's like a couple thoughts. And then I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm put it out anyway, you know, so. It's good perspective. I don't give a shit. I'm putting it out anyway. <laughs> put it out of the board. 
<laughs> Motivational speaker over here, clearly. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so before I ask my last question here, I just wanted to um, ask you where, I'm assuming LinkedIn, but where where would you like to direct people to find you on social media? And is there anything else uh, you want, you want the, my audience to know about you? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, so people, the, I'll answer the easy one first is people, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Katie Wallace. You can find me on Instagram and you can also find my company at Huck Sustainables. And I'm just kind of all over. I really enjoy the more creative aspect of just talking to people and talking about the things that I love. So um, there's a lot of content out there around sustainability. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, yeah, or just check out my website. And if I can help your company in any way, I would love to do that. Okay. Good. So the last question is, and I ask this to all my my uh, my podcast guests is what's your bag? So the bag in bag mentality is um, your definition of success. So it's, you know, it's money, it's whatever, you know, it's, it's anything. Uh, so what, it, what makes you get up in the morning and, and what do you fight for? What's your, what is your definition of success, Katie? My definition of success is, um, well, I already like number one, I already feel very successful because I'm doing what I love to do. I have an amazing partner. I have a daughter who's really incredible. I get to do whatever I want to do as far as travel. If I, you know, like just having that like freedom to be present and in the moment, that's huge. And I think, I think that's what success looks like is just the ability for me to be present. Then I'm pretty successful. You know, like there's, you know, tons of other things like I'm building this business and are trying to build this business and grow it. And I think a lot of people place a lot of value on what like you, what we talked about earlier and what they do. Um, but I don't think that's where like real success comes from. So I think just like my ability to be present, like that's success for me. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. And thanks, guys, for, for tuning in if you made it this far. Um, you're awesome. And until next time. Wow. I'm so grateful you listened to the whole episode. I started this podcast, this company, this community to validate people who think differently and who want more for themselves and are trying to connect with other humans who feel the same way. If you resonated with this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes. Then go check out bagmentality.com and follow us on socials for our upcoming events. Go check out our Entrepreneur Resource Center where we aggregate the influencers, courses, and tools you need to build a business, build wealth, and build health. And finally, go check out my accounts, Will Preble, LinkedIn, and Instagram is where I'm most active. And if you message me, I will respond to everyone who DMs me. Remember, you are valuable. You are a one of one. Go out there and find your bag.